our guest this week. Along with his team, they're one of the most sought after dog trainers in the industry. They're based out of Hampton Roads, Virginia. Uh, what started out as a side hustle in the backyard has grown into a multi-million dollar enterprise. And what's most exciting about what Josh does is it's, it's businesses built on top of businesses, which I think is very cool and an opportunity for you to learn. He combines his passion for dogs along with his experience in business, finance, and real estate. And that has allowed his team to create an unforgettable experience for their clients. And you know you're doing business and life on your terms when the domain for your website is .dog. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Josh Wilson of Osh, Off the Leash Canine. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I am fantastic. That's this awesome. Is, uh, this is actually podcast number two for the day. So I am like in that podcast mode. I love it. That's always a good rhythm to get into. And I look, I just want to take a quick second before we get started and thank you for having me on, uh, giving an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, what we do and and who we are. And man, it's just a pleasure. The the setup that you have, your team, um, you know, from from scheduling to here going live has just been so smooth. And having done some of these, uh, that's not always the case. And yep. it's just, you know, a, a pleasure. So thank you again for having me on here. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking your time. I know you're a very busy person. Uh, we're a part of the amazing Apex group. And uh, I have challenged myself to level up in that room. I feel very inferior around folks like yourself and many others. But I have tried to uh, create a platform for giving. This platform is one of them. And uh, so I appreciate you recognizing it. And it's not done. Uh, Chris is our producer in the background from Cast Ahead. If you're looking to do anything at all like this, if it feels good, looks good to you, uh, reach out to me and I will make a tremendous introduction to Chris. But uh, yeah, Chris is the man. And how about Apex, Jeff? I mean, it's you talk about you feel so inferior in that room. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. And the crazy thing to me is um, I'm starting to believe more and more that every one of us in that room feel the exact same way. And Amen. that You're right. tells me that um, I'm very blessed to be in the right room. The humility yep. in that space, uh, it just blows my mind every time there's a conversation. You know, I'll echo that about everybody feeling inferior because there are literal seven, eight, nine, ten figure leaders in that room. Like on, on the tax form, I'm not busting anybody's cover if I were to name names and the IRS tunes in today. <laughs> like it's on the tax form. Yeah. Uh, so it's not it's not the social media guru math. It's real math. Yeah. And There's some they, heavies in the room. There are heavies. <laughs> and they and the heaviest, the heavies seem to be the most humble and giving yeah. and inviting. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen, which the takeaway for this, I mean, I don't make any referral money for Apex. I don't know that you do. I don't think you do. I don't, I don't strike me that you'd be the kind of person who would. But the takeaway from this is you're going to hear about Apex on my shows often. Get your, Whatever room you get yourself into, get yourself into a room of great people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. We can't do life on our own. I mean, there's a there's a version of your life that you absolutely can do on your on your own, uh, but I don't know that that version is what we would aspire to to live. Um, and it's particularly if you are in the the entrepreneur space, 
you know, you, you have your own business, you're doing your own thing, whether you're a one person shop or, you know, hundreds of employees, it is a lonely world and um, it is a hundred percent worth it. And you got to be off a little bit to really enjoy it and be about it. However, it is a lonely world. And if you can find yourself in a room with people that get that, it doesn't matter that your space or not. Um, you know, it's probably better for you if it's not your, you know, the world that you live in day to day, but they understand the mentality. They understand what it takes. They understand the headaches. And um, as a group, there's going to be somebody that if nothing else, someone who can just listen and um, empathize with where you're at in that moment or that season of life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that what you just said is kind of the theme of my day so far. That first show I was on, I said, our world needs to be uh, more open to listening, more tuned in to receive. We're so plugged in, like just so like overcharged, overconnected, not in a good way. There, you can be overconnected in a networking group and networking mastermind like Apex is, and there's others, but you know, there's a, there's a negative aspect of being overconnected. And when you're just not tuned into listening, whether that's the higher power you might believe in, that's those around you tuning into the vibes they're putting out. If you're just not like open to receive that, you can't possibly give back. And that's a quality that is a common thread of many of our friends, our brothers and sisters in Apex. So that's very cool. Uh, but we share one common thing. Love of dogs, uh, specifically for me, it's rescue dogs. Um, I've been active in animal rescue for a number of years. We have, uh, not presently, but we have three dog crates in our house. We have our two boys, uh, but typically our third crate's the rotational crate to bring in the, bring in the, uh, the, the cases that need help the most. Um, so like, and I told Josh in our pre-show, like, I want to spend a couple minutes of this because I'm really passionate on rescue dogs. And if you're watching, if you're listening, it's, by the way, we had somebody comment, John, hello, thanks for tuning in. Uh, John from LinkedIn, tuning in. But, um, you know, folks, puppies are great. Puppies are fun. They're cute. You, you create a bond that's unique. But I'm telling you, rescue dogs, there's, there's another unique bond there. What do you think about that, Josh? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I am really big on the right dog uh, for the right family, and a lot of times um, that absolutely can be and may be a, a rescue dog, uh, depending on you know your goals and, and intentions. You know, for the dog that that you're looking to add to your family, um, you know, a rescue dog may not be the the best route to go. Um, you know, specifically, you know, we, we train all types of things, um, but we work with service animals and, and train service dogs and stuff. And if someone is contacting me and it's for a very specific task, you know, for a dog, um, a life saving task at that, I'm probably going to steer away from the rescue side only sure. because they... They shouldn't be taking, well, I heard that that this type of dog, um, you know, is really good at whatever task I may need performed for me. All right, so I'm going to go to the rescue and I'm going to try to find a dog that, that fits that bill. Whereas for me, if I need a dog that um, I'm hoping is able to alert me, for it's a diabetic alert dog, as an example, um, and I'm in a scenario where I'm using 
equipment. I'm using meds and I'm also adding the dog to my toolbox to keep me in check and keep me alive. If I'm going to invest in that dog, I'm going to search out a, a breeder in that instance that has had high success, their dogs, those lineages that have yep. functioned well and performed well for those specific tasks, rather than saying, oh, I heard golden doodles made good diabetic alert dogs. Let me go find a doodle at the rescue. Right Now, that's a very specific scenario, right? If I'm just, if I'm looking for a dog, I want to add a companion to my home. Absolutely. Yes. Look at the rescues. And, and there's, Unfortunately, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dogs in these shelters. And right now, they are being overran so much because, you know, COVID, and I hate talking about COVID. Uh, it gets on my damn nerves, but but, but here we are. <laughs> but, but we called it, you know, the COVID puppies. You know, we started to see in late summer of 2020, we were just getting these puppies in, you know, five, six, seven months old. And man, these were the worst puppies I had ever seen in my life. And we train a lot of dogs and uh, these dogs were just terrible. And I'm starting to think, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not that smart of a guy, but I start kind of processing a little bit. These dogs have been cooped up. Everybody's home. So they went out and got dogs because now we have time for a dog, but everyone's cooped up. No one's going anywhere. So there's no socialization. They're not meeting new people. They're not around other dogs, you know, getting to play with and, and get that socialization. No real environmental work besides what takes place in their home or their backyard. So now they've got this dog that's just growing and growing and it's a complete nightmare. Josh, can you fix it? Well, we can help, but there's a lot of pieces that got missed during that very important developmental stage between two and five months that the dog, you can't make up for. You can't make up for. And so, you know, a lot of these dogs now have gotten older and people continue to get dogs over the last 18 to 24 months, but limiting activity. Now they're full-grown dogs with pretty heavy behavior issues. And so what's the easiest thing? Because now everyone's going back to work. So what do we do? Well, that dog we had time for summer of 2020, and that was a good idea we're going to go ahead and drop back off at that shelter because I'm back at work now. It's really not a good fit for the dog. We are seeing it every single day um, of dogs being dumped that were picked up in the last 12 months. And it, it's really sad and it's incredibly frustrating. You've got to pick the right dog. A dog is not a cute Christmas present. A dog is not um, – something to fill your emotional void for 60 days until you get over the breakup. A dog is a commitment to that. It's a living creature. It's a commitment for life. And, you know, I won't get running too hard, but um, <laughs> it just, man, it pisses well, yeah. me off all yeah, the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, what you do is, I mean, you're, you're on the back end of all of the improper behavior and improper, maybe well-intentioned, bad intentions, right? Uh, what I thought you were going to say was that shelters are high because of the post-holiday drop-off. But I, I kind of forgot about the COVID situation. Yeah. But, I, but both both probably It plays happen. into it. They both yeah. play into yeah. it. And it doesn't help. And then like anywhere else, you know, these, these shelters and, and rescues, you know, as with anything, you know, certain shelters and rescues are better than others, right? But the one thing that's going on uh, right now that not just are they overpopulated with the dogs being turned back in, they're understaffed. They're undervolunteered. It's no different than any other company out there right now who's struggling to hire and get people in. 
Um, there's more dogs and less people to help. It, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're seeing it. I see it in some neighborhood groups that I that I watch where people express frustration about not just being able to go look at the dogs. Well, we're in a different time. I mean, we have to, you know, especially in that organization, we have to be uh, reasonable and understanding. Uh, about it. But, uh, but yeah, um, I love rescue dogs. So I wanted to touch on this. I want to show mine because like I'm a dog dad. That's right. So, there like, you go. There's my boy Gizmo, the <laughs> best dog ever out of all the dogs we've had. He's like, I firmly believe every dog person gets one or two great ones. Uh, that's my personal belief. And Gizmo is one of those great ones, maybe the great one. Even though he's in a mood right now where he's annoying me. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, Zeus. That's our other one. Um, he's a great boy, too. Loves my wife. Just loves my wife um, endlessly. And then Dee Dee, she's, one, she's no longer with us. Uh, I'm still very heartbroken over her. This was a rescue story. She was abused. Her one, uh, let's see, would have been her left front leg. Uh, was broken and fractured many times over. It was it was essentially just like falling apart. And there was she wasn't a candidate for amputation, so it was about management of pain and just making her comfortable and, and understanding we'd have to make that decision, which we thought was coming due around this time. Like we hoped we could get through the holidays. We had a weekend where she was just like so loving out of her shell tail wagging for the first time in, a, in nearly a year. Uh, she'd never wagged her tail. And uh, that Sunday night on that weekend, she was a little more lethargic. And then that Monday she had a stroke and, and she was gone Tuesday. So it was just heartbreaking, that one. Out of all the things that we've had, we've had a lot of stories. That one was rough. Uh, but I will tell you, rescuing dogs is an amazing act of kindness. And uh, I would urge everybody to put yourself through it. Even a DD story. Yeah. Put, your, put yourself through it because you're doing and that with DD. I, I believe with my whole heart that that energy and enthusiasm and the tail wagging and the stuff you saw a couple of days before yep. she passed, that was her thank. Thank you to you guys. That was her yep. expressing in the only way that she could, you know, her love for your family the thank you for the 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 time that you gave her and the quality of that time, which it sounds like seemingly wasn't what she was accustomed to, and um, you know, and and I really believe that. And dogs, dogs know things well before we do. And um, she sounds like an awesome dog who mustered it together to give you a big thank you um, before she knew her time was 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 coming. So it's it's a awesome story. Um, of what you guys did. It's super commendable. People like to rescue the puppies. You don't see a lot of puppies, you know, in the right. shelters, they um, go the, fast. the senior dogs or uh, special needs dogs. They don't really have great odds, you know, on their end. And so the fact that you guys have it is something that you're passionate about where you look for the special needs cases or the more senior dogs to make sure that their lives here on, on earth, um, the last days, months, couple of years are the best that they can possibly be is amazing. And, um, you know, dogs need more humans like you, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, been around animals a lot, large part of my life. And I just love, 
love the rescue aspect of things. As as a yeah, because I want to get into the business. I want to get into what you do and what drives you. So uh, just if you're think if like we've inspired you, which I hope we would. Um, if you're thinking this rescue thing sounds interesting, line up with the rescue organization that has a mission you you groove with, and volunteer. Go through the process. Um, and see if being that that foster home is a fit for you. It's it's incredible. It's really a way to kind of get into dog life uh, without the full commitment. But you need to be committed to the rescue. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and and jump into that network of, of folks, and you'll find there's a lot of support. A lot of these rescues pay for the medicines, uh, the vet visits, things like that. They just need the people. Um, you know, I, I have a big belief as we as we shift into a business mode. This this is a nice transition from animal rescue. Uh, I believe it's incumbent on business owners to. I have a saying: you know, give your box for somebody to stand on. Right. So all things may not be equal in this world. Everybody's got their own stories. There's generational issues in this world, but I think as good business leaders, as good people, uh, if we find a way to give our box, give our opportunity, share our success for others to build on, stand on, that that's important. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that um, giving an op- giving a voice, giving an opportunity, um, you know, and things, you know, like this. I mean, we're sharing each other's communities, you know, in this moment, uh, our networks. While we do share a network, um, we have greater individual networks that we're now introducing, you know, each other to. And that's it, it, why I think it's important to share one's stories um, and their passions because so many people, I consider myself very fortunate to know what motivates me and what I'm passionate about and to be able to make a living and take care of my family by pursuing those passions. So many people don't do that. Um, and it's not lack of ability. Unfortunately, I think it's lack of clarity on what that is. And when people get out and share their stories and experiences, um, you never know who is going to, that little light bulb moment is going to go off based on something that you said or you shared. Um, so no, I agree with you. I think it's a, a tremendous, not just an opportunity, but an obligation um, to do so. And whether that's with guests on your on your shows, um, inviting colleagues, friends with you to different networking events and opportunities. Uh, so many things can, can happen that, that allow people that opportunity to, Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, rah, rah, me, I'm hoisting you up. I'm just giving you an opportunity to, to show you something. And, and here it is. And, and let us know what you're about and what's going on and, and who you are. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very, uh, I think that's a very good way to, to kind of conduct oneself uh, out there. Uh, speaking of network, speaking of individual network, I mean, here's the payoff. There's been, uh, I believe it was Garand just commented. I don't know Garand. Maybe Josh, he's into your network. Now he's in mine. But like, I believe so much in doing this stuff. Garand, there we go. Garand, thanks for tuning in. Like, this is uh, this is the growth of, of giving back, right? Like, this is what happens. Of the first handful of comments, I don't know. I don't know who these people. I'll get to know them after the show more intentionally. But I appreciate them tuning in. So, like, this is how this stuff works. We got to give to receive in this world. Uh, I know you don't like talking about COVID, but you know, COVID puppies tell a story. <laughs> sure, they do. 
<laughs> COVID puppies tell a story about business, right? Yeah. And I've said it in relation to COVID. There's two, there's two approaches to COVID. You either make excuses or you choose to level up, right? And I think the people, this might sound harsh, but the people who returned the puppies made excuses. They 100% uh, did, yes. Yeah, right. So, like in a business, in a from from uh, speaking of a business way, like what are those ways? Because you know you're high touch with with your people, right? You've got staff. So what were those ways you leveled up, and and what what became new practice that you realized? Oh wow, this is opportunity. This is growth, and this is great. Yeah. So great question, and uh, we've talked about this in the past on my show, and and I talk about it often with with friends and and other business owners. Um, I when all this stuff first hit, you know, in early 2020, you know, that we were actually in the middle of construction on a huge renovation project on a new business I was starting, a boarding and daycare business, and um, the world seemingly was shut down. And I look at my wife, we're, we're four years, five years into the training business now. And for years, I waited to, to open the boarding and daycare, uh, waiting for the right property. Not necessarily the right time. I don't ever believe, I don't necessarily believe in the right timing. Um, you know, I, I think time is what you, what you make of it. Um, but I did need the right property to make the boarding and daycare make sense. We're very fortunate. People will come to us for the training, uh, but the boarding and daycare piece is all about convenience for people. And so we're in the middle of construction. We are just, which we're not, there's no debt involved with it. We are cash flow in the whole thing or, or, or using our own funds on, on hand. And so we're knee deep in this thing, probably waste at that point, actually, and the world shuts down. I'm like, huh? Okay. And literally all your customers now get to stay home all day with the people they love the most. Right. So <laughs> we're in the middle of spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on a massive renovation, launching a new business that just happens to be dependent upon people doing what? Traveling well, and going yeah, to work. Home. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of oh, wow. had a big old oh shit moment. Um and, you know, my wife and I discussed, and at the end of the day, you know, I was like, here's the deal. We're going to do this regardless. We are, we are not going to stop now because what happens if I stop is there's just something that's producing zero income at all. And it's, a, it's an unfinished project. project. We, we've got to get this thing done. We still had several months to go. Um, and so I, I spoke with my wife. I came to a pretty good decision. She felt good about it. Um, you know, it's from a support standpoint, spoke with my business partners and, and staff, and we decided, all right, we're going to delay opening, but we are going to continue moving forward with construction because I had contractors, you know, they, and everybody was kind of interpreting what was going on differently at the time. And so some people were showing up to work. Some people weren't on the contracting side, makes it difficult to build. Um, and so finally we got into April and I remember it was a Sunday night and I called my COO and said, Hey, tomorrow morning, my office, nine o'clock, we're opening next week. And she goes, huh? I'm like we're opening next week. She's like, let's go, let's get it done. That's right. And I mean, so we, I said, I don't care if there's one damn dog that comes through the door on the day we open, we're opening. And also, you know, there was an opportunity there. Whereas, you know, during that time, our medical community, our nurses, our doctors, our, our first responders, EMTs, these people are just getting slammed 
in these hospitals and these emergency rooms and calls out to pick up people. And, uh, you know, they were just working like, like mad. And so we actually opened up at a limited capacity and we said, Hey, forget regular hours of operation. If you're in the medical community profession, wow. you're a first responder, you're military, you're essential, you show up and you drop off your dog and we're going to take them. We're going to take care of them during the day because they weren't having the option to, to stay at home and work. You right. know, their, yeah, kids they had to their kids' daycares were being closed down. The kids' schools were getting shut down. So they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I manage my family? I've got to go to work. I'm, a, I'm an emergency room nurse. I've got to go to work. I'm a I'm a specialist in the COVID ward. I've got to go. I'm a, I'm military. I've got to go do this. I can't. My life is dependent upon support. And I think about all our military members who, you know, they get stationed all over the world. And where I am here in Virginia, we have major bases for every single branch of our military. And their community is the community. So now we're telling them, hey, you're essential. You've got to be at work. But your kids can't go to school. Your daycare is open. The nanny isn't available. They can't see your kid for three weeks or four weeks. We took away all the community. I can't fix any of those things. But what I could fix was a problem they might have with their dog. And so we said, hey, look, bring them. Yeah. And, you know, we had one dog show up on that first day. <laughs> one dog. And I've never been so excited to make $32 in my life. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, listen, there is, first of all, I, I was compelled to put the Hulk hands on because, I mean, Bring my big-ass Hulk fist bump to you in the middle of COVID, boom, in April of 2020, you make a decision. And I was like, that was a great decision for this reason, but you just shared amazing more reasons why it was great. But, I mean, imagine if you paused, right? in April of 2020, and you wait, and you follow the rules, and you do what everybody else in the world would give you free advice, which ain't worth anything because you didn't pay for it, right? And you pause. And then you're in the rat race to finish when labor's high. I love these on. I'm just going to keep them on for a little bit. Keep them on, man. I love the look. When labor's high, material costs are high, you know, I mean, we, we were at a point in time where just getting inspections and permitting was a, was a problem. Yeah. Sorry, there's, there's my reminder to uh, take my Hulk vitamins um, to turn that <laughs> off. I should have turned that off before. I got to change that. Anyway, um, you know, so the point is like momentum pays dividends, right? Yes. And that's where I was like, wow, that's a really great thing I want to highlight on as you were sharing it. But the fact that you went forward, got open, which like what a peace of mind now when people are looking at construction projects and have right. been for the last year. But the fact that you were able to open and that, it, yeah, it was one person, it was 32 bucks. But I guarantee you that one person that day, and maybe you can share the story if you have the info or not. And I don't want you to like, you know, sure. share yeah. personal info, but you know, I would bet you, you were a godsend for that person that day, because they just needed that relief. They needed you. The the big thing for me was there was so much unknown and there was so much negativity during that time. Um, and the thing I kept trying to preach to my team is, hey, look, guys, you know, we're going to control what we can control. And we are going to stay true to who we are and, and what we do. And for me, 
the only, you know, with our, on the dog training side, we, we were very fortunate. I consider ourselves very blessed in the sense that, you know, our dog training business, and I'll jump into this at some point, but we're not really built like, like everybody else. Um, it, it, we stay booked out months and months at a time. We've got trainers across the country, um, you know, and so when, when COVID first hit and things slowed down a little bit, my staff didn't really feel that burden or that hit because their schedule is full. And so we, when everybody kind of froze, like, whoa, we are shut down. We're not going anywhere right now. We're not allowed to go to work. We can't do this or that or whatever. <laughs> my team never felt that at all. So for me, I was looking at, man, they've, they've actually shut down. They're stopping uh, training. They've shut down their facilities. They're doing this. They're doing whatever it may be. We actually quadrupled down on marketing. Um, even though sales were slower because people were trying to figure out what life was going to feel like at the moment, you know, we we went all in on it and we got louder on social media. I got louder on Google. We got louder with our advertising. Um, if people were not, we're just going to hear crap and they were going to hear negative stuff and fearful things. We were going to fill them with positivity and we were going to let them see things that were, were exciting and were motivating. And people are going to forget about a lot of things uh, during the last, what has now become coming on two years. What they weren't going to forget about though, was my team. Right. And they weren't going to forget about the, the, uh, the impact that we were wanting to have on the communities that we're present in, because that's what we could control. And, you know, over the course of the last two years, we went from four locations to nine. Um, you know, it's we went from a team man. of 15 to 20 trainers to approaching a hundred, you know, our support staff, admin staff went from two or three to we're at 10, 11. Now wow. it's just, it's things that we were able to do. And that's not, you know, me saying those things to pat me on the back, what I'm saying, though, is that we made a decision to not wait and see what happens. Yep. And for every story I hear about, oh, well, I got shut down or, oh, well, I, you know, I this or I that or I can't find work or I've been trying to find a job. And man, get away from me with that crap, because the reality is there's never been more opportunities to find work. I don't know in the history of the world. Like, I don't know a single person that's not looking to add to their team. And, you know, it's, we just never bought into wait and see. But my mom also didn't raise me to be that person with a wait and see type of uh, personality. I believe win or lose, it's going to be on my, my merit and my shoulders and, and the choices that we make. I'm not going to blame anybody. Um, we're not going to look for excuses. And that's how I try to lead my team. And that's how I try to hold my team accountable. You know, not every day is a win. Some days you screw up. It's, it's on us. That's right. I, I mean, I love it all. I mean, uh, you might see me making some notes. So one of the things sure. I do post-show is I take out some of the some of the more poignant moments. Uh, this way, if somebody catches a replay and they got 10 minutes to dig in, uh, like right here at about minute 33, and I'll go back, refine it. Yeah. Never, you never bought in to wait and see. Yeah. Right. Like that's so important. You kept doing the work, which is one of our, your apex core values, right? We do the work. Um, that's incredible. Like I, like I talked in the pre-show about neighborhood groups. I, I saw there was a local uh, wedding boutique that closed. I mean, if, if there's never a time for a local wedding boutique to thrive, 
when all the big chains are shut. Right. It's now. Like, people yeah. didn't stop getting married. They didn't stop. Little girls didn't give up on their dreams as grown women to not wear a wedding dress just because COVID was out there. Sure. Yeah. Scheduling and venues may have been tough to get, and scheduling may have been a pain in the ass. I, my COO, gosh, we jokingly say she got married three times last year. Well, she got married twice last year for sure. Um, same guy. But she got married legally last March because she was just finally over it. It was supposed to be in 2020 and dates kept getting screwed up. So she got married uh, small service in March. Then she had her big party um, in November. And then we were in Vegas with our spouses in December. And my wife and I were trying to get them married for a third time in Vegas at the Taco Bell Chapel. But she didn't pull the trigger on it. But she got it done. That's the thing. I bet you she wore the dress. She wore the damn dress. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it may not have been in a chapel where 200 people gather and it may not have been at the 200 person event venue, but you better believe there are photos of her and many other women in a white wedding dress over the last two years. So yeah, yeah, in our retail business, my partner and I, we kept, we kept working. I mean, our employees were home um, because, you know, as a business owner, you got to balance a whole bunch of things with, with your team. Right. But we kept doing the work because we believed in that. And I am firm, very firm in my belief that that work at that time is what's propelled us and will continue to propel us because the machine kept going. You know, the reviews kept coming in, the referrals kept coming in. You know, you said on something, you doubled down on your advertising. Uh, And I was was looking it up because the name uh, evaded me when you said it. But there's a story of two colas uh, in the Great Depression, Moxie Cola and Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. We all know Coca-Cola. That's right. Moxie-Cola was actually the bigger cola prior to the Depression. Yeah. They pulled back in their advertising. And we all know, the you, know, you can fill in the blanks from here. Coca-Cola took yeah. over. They never stopped advertising in the Depression. They kept going because they believed in their product. They're like, our product gives people happiness. Like, you think yeah. of Coca-Cola, happiness is part of it, right? The red can. and. Yeah. And they kept going. And like kudos to you for that. That's I love hearing stories like that. I think that that being a constant in your community, though. I mean, if you know, whether you're just starting out or you've been around, you know, 20 or 30 years, um, you know, we're we're in year eight now. And, you know, we I, I try to treat every day like we just started. And maybe it feels that way because we, we've opened a lot of new locations in the last year. And I do consider those brand new, you know, lo- locations and us just getting started. But being that constant in your community, uh, good or bad, uh, whether things are great in the community, bad in the community, who's steady? Nothing's steady anymore. Everything is, you know, swings. Oh my God, I'm so pissed. Or oh my God, I'm so happy. Like you can be pissed and you can be happy and you can be consistent. Um, you know, and you don't have to be all over the place. And I'm so proud of my team and how consistent they are um, in the experiences that they provide uh, to the clients, um, to the steadiness of of the conversations that we've had with people over the last two years. Because, again, all they were hearing and, and even still times, you know, depending on what they watch and listen to, it, it it's madness. It is absolute madness. Yet when they talk to us and what they see from us is a steadiness, um, a confidence, uh, because I know there's, look, there's, there's 
hundreds of thousands of wonderful dog trainers out there. There are some great dog training companies out there. And there's plenty of dogs for everyone to be very, very successful. Uh, but I, if, if they do the right things, they're good human beings, they care for the health and well-being of animals, I wish them all the success in the world. If they're dirtbag people and they don't prioritize and care for the health and well-being of animals first before their pockets and dollars, I wish them nothing but pain and suffering, and I'd like to give it to them. Um, but, you know, it's... Clapping for you for the clarity we, we, and sharing. It. We've stayed so focused on what we do. Because, again, I come back to it's what we can control, and that's all we can control. Clients just feel so good about that. And even with whether they sign up with us or not to work with their dogs, I want people to leave feeling good about the conversation, having a lot of clarity on who we are and what we're about, and leave if nothing but a 5, 10, 15-minute conversation they had with one of my client experience managers, they weren't thinking about crap going on in their life besides their dog that keeps jumping on Auntie Jean. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> that type of deal. Yeah. So, so you've got, obviously you've got the mindset figured out, which is what I'd like to talk about here on the show. You've got, and I alluded to it when I brought you in, you've got like kind of stacking businesses, what I call the equity within the equity of the business. So you've got the training component, the daycare component. What's, what's the, um, what's the off the leash world look like? How many yeah. different businesses are there? Yeah. So off-leash canine training is um, in year 11. All right. It's a franchise that was started by a good friend of mine, Nick White out of Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, about 11 years ago. And I was actually a client in 2013. I bought my little lab, Charlotte, after my Rottweiler had passed away. I got into bird hunting and I saw my buddy's labs work and um, I had to have one. And I got this puppy and I've always had dogs, grew up with dogs, trained dogs, um, you know, for ourselves, love dogs, but I got this little lab and she was a nightmare. She's the worst dog I'd ever been around in my life. I had, and I got exactly what I wanted. Okay. Found the right. breeder. Right. I wanted the, the field trials. I wanted all the certifications. I wanted that dog that wanted to go get some birds. Oh, I got that dog. She was a million <laughs> miles a minute. I mean, that dog was a pain in the ass, Jeff. Um, yeah. And she's nine now and God love her. I mean, she's the reason that all this happened. And who knows? It's so funny how, you know, things come about in life. And, oh, I see you got our YouTube page up there right now, guys. Yeah, check it out. And you can see thousands of videos of dogs that we've trained and thousands of testimonials and some podcast episodes for the Big Dog Podcast are up there as well. Not some, all of them. Um, but, yeah, thanks for, for flagging that up there. I appreciate that. Uh, YouTube's a big part of what we do. But at any rate, I was a client for Off-Leash Canine Training. And back in 2013... Uh, spring of 2013, I contacted them and said, Hey, I got this dog and I don't, I just, I don't know what to do with her. And so I spent money. I didn't really have to, to on my day off, drive three hours to Northern Virginia from where we lived for a one hour class. And I did that for eight weeks. And my wife is like, you're the biggest idiot on the planet. She didn't really say that, but she goes, babe, this makes no sense whatsoever. And I just truly felt like it was the right thing for us to do. And it made no sense and historically in my life, the less sense it makes to me, the more I know God is leading. And um, I, was, I was just going to add that in. I was going to ask, did you think there was a yeah. path being put in front of you? And there uh, it is. I did not think that as far as, uh, yes, a path. Where it would lead to, I had no clue. I won't 
you know, allege that I'm not intelligent. Um, but I did learn through a lot of trials back in my real estate days uh, that yeah, I need I need to pay attention when there's promptings in my life. And that was a really tough lesson for me to learn back in 2007, 2008. But I learned it and I paid attention. And so this didn't make a lot of sense, but I felt very comfortable and very confident in the decision. And so we started going to these lessons and it changed my life with my dog. One hour, one hour, one session. It changed everything between me and Charlotte. And we continued on for a couple of weeks. And then we took some gaps in between our advanced lessons and a relationship formed between myself and, and Nick. And, um, you know, they get inquiries from people down. What Nick said to me was, man, people call the time from, from Hampton Roads down near Virginia Beach where you live, but no one's an idiot like you and willing to drive three hours for a one-hour class. I was like, well, hey, here I am. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a whole day. Six it hours sucked. of travel. Yeah, yeah. It, it really sucked. And uh, but we committed to it. And I'm so glad that we did because you know what happened was a relationship formed out of it. They saw the work that I put in with my dog and and not the ease of which it came, but the comfortability. I was very comfortable in working with my dog. And um discussions started to take place. And at the time, I was executive director of a large church down here in Virginia. Uh, building churches and managing staff and finances and all of that. And I was very, very happy with what I was doing um, and had no interest in doing anything different. However, my background before that was my own businesses, entrepreneurial spirit, always thinking about, you know, opportunities that are out there. And so after some back and forth, we decided to open up a location for off leash in Hampton Roads, Virginia. And um, I figured I would train a dog or two a month make a couple extra dollars and um, be able to take the family on a better vacation each year. That's what I like to say were my goals. Uh, my wife would push back and say that she knew that was total crap because I never half-ass anything and it's always full ass and here we go. So, you know, uh, 18 months later, we opened a location in the Bay Area, California, um, as well as San Antonio. While I was still working full-time, you know, at the church. And um, I guess, gosh, we opened up in Virginia in 2014 and I left the church late 2015 and went all in on, on the dogs. And the purpose was to control my time. Again, control what you can control. And I wanted to have more control of my time. Still very active with the church. Pastor Stu is one of my best friends, serve on the board there. My family's very active there. Um, but God was screaming at me to see what we could do with this dog piece. And so we got focused on that and put all of our energy and efforts in on it. My family was all in on it and, and we grew and, you know, now we've, we've had some locations, we sold some locations and now, you know, like I said, nine locations across the country, you need to get that map updated a little bit. I grew faster than my web guy, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> we got, um, you know, it's just been great, but it is a franchise model. Uh, right. Within, so my nine locations are a part of about 172 locations uh, across the world. So primarily in the continental U.S., but we do have locations in Hawaii and the U.K. as well. So it's pretty exciting there. There's my family. You can see there. That's an old Very picture. Nice. I need to update that. Oh my gosh! And that beard's <laughs> a little darker. Wow. <laughs> you know, so within Off Leash, though, it created this opportunity for me to pursue other businesses that would help my clients because, you know, my team, again, they do a great job. 
doing what they do. And so when we train your dog, it is very rare that we're ever going to see you walk through our door again uh, because we did the work. We taught you how to maintain it and enjoy your life with your dog. I don't want you to have to do a bunch of refreshers. I don't want you to have to come in for more training for a problem that we should have fixed initially. We're going to do that work on the front end so that you can go do life with your dog. However, there were costs involved with acquiring that client. And it, it sure is a lot easier to provide opportunities to an existing client than it is to keep finding new clients. And so we did. We started thinking about this boarding and daycare and and we went that path and we opened that in um, spring of 2020 and I shut that mug down in October of last year uh, just as quick as I opened it up and um, the problem that came to me with that was it was a great business it was a very profitable business uh, we grew to the second largest in the region in under a year and we, we did it differently however staffing sucked and it was a revolving door. And I think in any other hiring climate uh, than we're in currently, it probably, I wouldn't have shut it down. But the staffing climate is so tough right now, in my opinion, and I think others would agree with me, uh, particularly for those entry-level jobs. I mean, I've got McDonald's down the road starting you at 16 bucks an hour and giving you a free iPhone. You know, it. I can't compete with that when I got someone coming in, who's going to be in a yard playing with dogs or picking up dog crap all day or things like that. So the turnover piece was, was difficult because we just, we couldn't compete and it's hard work. It's hard work. And you are being trusted with a family member. Mm -hmm. You know, we had, a, we, we have a kennel we use when we go on vacation Yep. and there was a breakdown and our boys, because of our fostering that we do, we crate feed. Yep. It's it's really, you know, it's really the only time they're in their crates, but because we never quite know what's coming in through the third crate with the foster. Correct. Yes. We have just it's it's rule in our house. Crates equal food. Yep. Well, that note for the kennel time, because they share a, a space when they're together. Yes. But it just got missed to feed separate. And there was a big scrap and it was a problem. Yep. So the fact that you would put your integrity out there as such to close something you just opened yeah. speaks volumes to me. And it should speak volumes to anybody that might pick this up and be considering you for your services, which isn't the point of our time together. But Yeah, I appreciate that because a lot of people, because there were some stuff. I mean, we had staffing issues and we had some staff who got let go because they could not maintain the standard. And they went on social media and started making a whole big thing going on. And as you know, particularly being in the rescue world, if it has to do with dogs or animals in general, and it's it something negative fire. on social, boom, it's going. And so, you know, we were able to work through that fine. That was whatever. Um, because facts are facts, right? Anybody can say anything, but the reality is what the reality was. Um, but I just found myself in a, in a space where I'm like, you know what? This has taken 30 to 40% of my higher level staff's energy and time for what's contributing to 5% of our profit. This is silly. And I was See, and looking most, that, and, and most owners don't even look at those numbers. Yeah, forget that. Math is easy. Like I'm an emotional guy, but math is math. And if the, the math is telling me, look, I'm I'm not gonna get upset about it because it's math. And so you can't just be excited about math when the numbers play in your favor and make you feel like a stud. You got to pay attention to the math too when it says, Hey, you might have been wrong and you need to make some changes. 
And again, I come back to, I feel very fortunate that we had the training business and we weren't just stuck on, hey, this board and daycare is our sole source of income and shutting it down takes away from our ability to live. I don't know. I probably still would have shut that joke. I come from nothing. So having nothing doesn't scare me at all. Um, I come from nothing and I've had a lot and I've been back to nothing and I've, I've gained again. Um, but that doesn't scare me. I probably still would have shut it down if we couldn't maintain the standard. And we couldn't maintain the standard. I was looking for a third facility here in the in Southeast Virginia for my training business that continues to grow. And I was like, why am I going to lease or buy another facility when I have the perfect facility right here that we can just repurpose from boarding and daycare to training. I can do it overnight. Let's just do that. So we gave all of our clients a heads up, refunded everybody that had outstanding obligations or commitments with reservations. Um, we maintained the boarding on the books through the end of the year because holidays is big for boarding. But the daycare piece, we shut down into September and it was great. And it allowed us to put our energy and focus on other things. Uh, the main thing, uh, we also have an underground fencing business. We have pet waste removal business. And these are all things that um, are great and able to be done, um, more profitable than the boarding and daycare from being fully transparent. And the liability also is so low because to your point with your experience where the, the feeding got messed up and there was an incident, that was such uh, I don't care how well-staffed you are, how well-intentioned you are, how good the human beings are that work in these boarding and daycare environments. There's not going to be a day where there isn't an issue. And whether it's dogs playing together, and they could be the, a group that's played together every day for a year without incident. Dogs like people just have bad attitudes some days. And that's going to set something off, and there can be something. And I did not love, I didn't love that exposure. I didn't love that liability. So we removed it from the business model. No problem. And, and you know, in, in full credit, because people know me locally and, and they may yeah. know of where I went, uh, to be 100% fair, uh, the, the kennel handled that situation phenomenally well. Yep. You know, they, they called immediately. They took care of our dogs before they called, uh, covered all the costs, you know. Um, so it was all great. And, we'll go, yeah. and we're still a customer. 100% because they did it right. Uh, exactly. They were exactly. honest. Yep. They handled it right uh, away. You, you, you said about how the auxiliary businesses make yep. you more money. Sure. And I want everybody watching to kind of really dial in on that. Not, not because, oh, hey, look at Josh making all this money. But think about what happens when you open your mind up to where you've already acquired the customer, which we touched mm -hmm. on earlier, right? Like, You've paid for the customer to become a training customer. Everything else you do helps reinforce the training, yeah. right? Because, uh, I mean, a messy yard for a dog uh, actually affects their behavior, yeah. right? It affects how they behave, what they do, where they do it. Um, but those businesses, I would venture a guess, uh, are more profitable because you, your advertising model is different. Because you've it got is. the relationship. You own it. And I would challenge everybody listening to really think about their business intentionally where they can add in those auxiliary things. I mean, I love businesses like yours for that reason because you get that customer once and you can, keep, you can keep them coming back for more. Yeah, and we weren't ready for that years ago. You know, we just, we weren't in a position where one, we could manage 
adding on another business uh, branch. Um, we weren't in a position where we could communicate it well. And for me, again, you know, our, I'm so thankful again for my team. I know I keep saying that, but we are nothing if it's not for my team, whether it's my administrative team or my trainers. You know, I literally physically cannot talk to all the people that call in each day looking for our services, train all the dogs that come through the door. It's impossible. So we are built in where we are because of the incredible team that I have. And they do such a good job. People ask us for everything. Josh, what food do you feed the dog? What place cots do you use? What type of crate do you use? What this, that, and whatever we tell them we use is what they want to use because we've created that bond and that trust. And we've been consistent with it. I want people to hear that. If they don't hear anything else today. Consistent. Be consistent in your business. Be consistent in your conversations. Because if you're not, people just have no clue. You're, you're not going to have a lot of repeat business because they don't know what they're going to get from you. And so for me, whether it's the fencing, whether it's the pet waste removal, whether it's the boarding and daycare business model, which I love and I believe we will go back to at some point in the future when the staffing climate kind of settles down a little bit. Yeah, uh, you, want, you want to deliver a Four Seasons experience, not yes, Motel 6. But it's got to be at the level and the reputation that we have with the off-leash piece. You know, because what I'm not going to do is take my off-leash clients and the tens of thousands of them at this point, and now I'm going to get them on my other business that they're trusting me with, and I'm now giving them the, you know, the Outback experience when they've been over here eating at Morton's. Exactly. exactly. And that's jacked up because when they yep. come to off leash, they're getting Morton's. Well, technically I feel like when I cook a steak, it's better than Morton's. So they're coming to my house and eating steak rather than, rather than going to Outback. All right? right. And so if they don't, if they can't marry up, I just, I don't want to do it. I'm not interested in doing it. I don't care what the profit margins is because it's my name on it. And I just, I've worked, I've worked hard and my team works really, really hard to keep that reputation where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. As the video plays, I mean, <laughs> our, our, our business, we look, I call that a five-star, five-star effort, five-star action, uh, five-star influence input. If anything we're doing is less than that, we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Uh, because it all matters. Everything matters. Um, so I love that you're so committed to it to the point where you repurpose the space, probably at expense and time and lost revenue and refunding money is all painful, but it was, but it, it's never painful when it's the right thing to do by your standard and by your mission and values, right? Yeah. If you're struggling in business and you're worried about short game type decisions, like you're, you're just, you're not going to make it. It, it, you, you gotta, you gotta have clarity and know what you want long-term. And yes, that was a total pain in the ass shutting down that business and repurposing the building. And I've got staff and they have families and we wanted to do right by all of them. And so we wanted to make sure we created opportunities for every single person that wanted one. All of those things were difficult and uncomfortable and not really enjoyable, but long game, it was the right thing to do for our business. It was the right thing to do for the clients and, and the staff. And I would challenge everybody listening, you know, whether it's your personal life or your business or your employee and employer, whatever, you know, if you're just running around day-to-day short-term decisions, you're never going to be at peace. You're just going to run yourself into the ground and you, you yeah. will quit. You will yeah. quit. 
Hundred uh, percent. As we get to the top of the hour, look to wrap up our time. Uh, so big ticket life, right? Obviously, Josh Wilson off the leash, canine doing business on your terms. I think that oozes through the screen and the speakers. However, you're listening to this or watching it. Uh, the other aspect of big ticket life is doing life on your terms. So, what as we wrap up, what are the things that you do as a reward for all the hard work you're putting in? Yeah, I, I appreciate the question. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I days I'm not in the office, I typically find a way to get back up here. Um, this is outside. If I can't be with my wife or my kids, I have a 17 year old son, uh, 14 year old daughter who are amazing. I'm actually playing golf with my son this afternoon. You know, when he gets out of school, there's Devin Ray. We'll be married 20 years uh, this June. We'll be celebrating 20 years. Ah, cool. I'm she, 20 years in August. That's awesome. And congrats. Devin is the third person I met when I moved to Virginia in eighth grade. And we started uh, dating in high school and um, she's an angel. She is an angel and we couldn't be more different uh, in personality and things, but God saw fit that, you know, I would be hers and she would be mine. And uh, we've just, we've grown up together and she just, she's the greatest encourager of, of my life. Um, and she is, she's an angel and she's an amazing mom and she's a brilliant person and, um, she's just incredible. So 20 years, uh, with her, if, if I've got time, we did a lot of traveling last year and we got a lot of plans this year for the same. Um, but whether we're on the road traveling, uh, or <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging out with her at the house, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm having a great time. If they're busy and they got stuff going on in their lives and I've got free time, I usually end up back here at the office. Um, I have a, there's a piece to doing the work to me um, where I know I'm giving my team everything that I've got. And that gives, that allows me to, to take comfort and, and pause. So when I know that I'm dialed in on them and I'm doing everything I need to do, my team's getting everything they need from me. When I, like last year, you know, my wife and I went on a road trip for two weeks. I wasn't thinking about work at all. And I was available if they need me. Um, but I've got to get a strong team who, who just handles it. So <laughs> there's my daughter Kiki there in the background. She's the volleyball, volleyball star. Uh, we're Notre Dame fans, as you see in the, the hoodies um, Charlottesville, that's where we're at in that picture. That's our wow. happy place. We love to go up there. We're actually looking for Beautiful. property up there. Beautiful um, part of the country. We've talked about buying a farm there for years, and we're going to get that done sooner rather than later. But we'd love to get out to Napa. Um, you know, we love getting up to Charlottesville, to that area. And it, it's just that family time, man. I, I I don't have a lot of hobbies. This I, I feel very fortunate in what I do. This is it. I got my buddy over my shoulder, Don Julio on the wall. You know, he hangs out, keeps me in check each day, (laughs) but yeah, we tailgate a little bit. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I got, I'm getting nervous here. I don't know what they're going to expose me with. (laughs) But no man, family, family is key for me. And, um, you know, I was talking to one of my trainers yesterday. He texted me yesterday was my birthday and he texted me and says, happy birthday. Yeah. I appreciate that. He texted me and says, happy birthday. And he, he sent me cash app one of my trainers. And I was like, bro, what the hell are you doing? Why, why, why did you send me cat money via cash app? He goes, it's your birthday. Everybody should get something on their birthday, a gift. It's nice to get gifts on your birthday. And you know, that meant the world to me. Yeah. And he goes, I just appreciate everything that you've done for me. I said, bro, you're in the family. 
You choose to be in the family. There's nothing I wouldn't do for any one of y'all. And that's how you got to approach it. And the thing with coming in my family is there isn't anything that I would not do for my family. And that's whether they're my staff or my trainers, you know, or my, my literal family. But there's a shit ton of accountability that comes with being a part of this family. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's two way street, and when That's you read right. it effectively, it makes it easy. That's right. And the so people you get that the are birthday success- cash apps, right? Yeah, you know the people that understand that that type of accountability and and thrive understand that you know we've been blessed with opportunities to do what is not normal within our industry, and so it's going to require things that are abnormal and more than most others are willing to do they thrive and they do really, really well and they get it. Um, and those that don't, don't make it here. And they probably think I'm the big, biggest piece of crap on the planet and I'm the worst. Right. But you know, that, that's always going to be the case. So yeah. Family's yeah. key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that you're doing it. I love that you're living it. I love that you get the, that time with your family, that you get that time with uh, your team and the team gets from you all that you can give. That's awesome. You got a great business, doing things awesome, man. It's so it's an honor to have gotten to know you and get to know you more as we uh, as we work together for ourselves and for each other in that Apex group. But brother, I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much for thank you, uh, Jeff, for joining us. Yeah, we gotta get you. you on the Big Dog Podcast, baby. Anytime, I will jump on the show. I'll shoot the link to you. All right, appreciate cool. you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, hope you love this show. This time flew by. I like looked at the clock. It was like quarter of one uh, already. So that tells me it was a great show. I hope you loved it. If you like it, throw some comments down. Give me some reviews uh, on the show. Uh, Subscribe to it where you listen to it. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life.